Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Holy crap! I don't even know what I did. It just happened. Are we live? I hope we're live. I think. We're I think live. we're live. Are we I'm live? Pretty sure we are live. Yeah. I think we're only live on Twitch. Yep. Oh, we're only live on Twitch. Uh, okay, that's good. So, you know, screw uh, YouTube. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? Anyway, folks. Good morning to all of you. It's V the Grill Economist, and I'm with my main man, the Algo Cowboy himself. CJ can't make it today. He's in a meeting. But thank you all for listening and joining in. The show is called Markets and Mayhem. That's what it is. That's the Thursday show. Markets and Mayhem with, with the Algo Cowboy. And, folks, if you want to get a hold of the Algo Cowboy, you can find him lurking in the Rogue News Discord. And if you need to get into the Discord, you could email CJ, CJ at roguenews.com, CJ at roguenews.com. You can find us on Twitter at Real Rogue News. Rogue News on every single podcasting app known to humanity, where everywhere you want us to be, plus a bag of chips. With that being said, Mr. Cowboy, give me an analysis. Boom, 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 boom. Give me some info that will make me rich. Do you rub on that magic cream? What? And do you? This is getting. This is getting very. Very homoerotic, very quickly. It didn't have to be like erotic. It didn't have to. Be. You brought the whole cream stuff, man. Hey, man, aye, that's aye. food. That's like it's a shake. I put cream in my shake. What am I talking about here? Disgusting. That's why you know, you know body you know bodybuilders are a weird lot. I don't need to explain this to you, right? Oh yeah, you know I've been in the scene. Yeah, yeah, you know. So you and I both know this. We've both been in that that phase in our lives. You know, in our early twenties when we were made of rubber and magic, cowboy. Right? Yeah, made of and rubber just, and magic. you know, trying to pack on the muscle to get the girls. Yes, you know, the girls for the girls, and I was pumping up. Everything I'm doing, I'm pumping, you know. And um, yeah, uh, the reason why I bring that up is, you know, the, the whole thing that happened in like the, I think, the early aughts, or late 90s, where bodybuilders were, free, I'm not even going to talk, they were freezing their man juice. In the freezer, <laughs> thinking it's going to increase testosterone levels if they consume it later. It's just disgusting. What, dude? It's like you tell these guys that drinking lead paint would increase their testosterone levels and their protein synthesis. They would go ahead and do it. It, it is what it's craziness, man. It's yeah, craziness. the that is the meatheads are willing to put anything in their body just to anything. Just it, it, it's a it's a it's a psychological mental problem, you know, bigorexia. You're never big enough, you know. Well, I told you know my buddies to say, hey, you got a hot girlfriend. If you let me hook up, 
then you'll get bigger. It just works that way. Oh yeah. And it works so well. Like actually that didn't work, but I thought, you know, they believe anything. I guess it's it's the state of things, Cowboys, the state of things. And speaking of the state of things, my friend, what do you want to hit today? There's lots of, lots of things going on. You got, you got some, I know you got some rate predictions, some yields, extreme, some lots of stuff happening. So what do you want to start? I know zero hedge. We're already grossing out people as is. I mean, everybody in the chat room. I mean, Belage is about to like lose his breakfast. Um, yeah, you know. So (laughs) yeah, no, that's what does it say? Uh, Green machine, hundred percent. He's right. A lot of bodybuilders do G four P. Not sure what G four P means. Gay for pay, bro. Don't ask me. (laughs) (laughs) Is that real? Did you make that up right now? (laughs) No, dude. That's what it's called. It's called gay for pay. What happens? Dude, okay, so check this out. Back in New York, when I was in New York, New York, I had a buddy of mine, right, who I used to work out with. And his name was Tony Diglio. Let me see if I can find Tony. Yeah, it's funny. Name, oh right? no, Tony don't, don't, Diglio. Don't out this guy. Don't out this guy. No, I'm not gonna out him. He's a good dude. He's a good dude. I'm not oh, gonna okay. out him. I'm gonna tell you what he said. Diglio. Tony Diglio. Uh, let me see if I can find Tony. Uh, he he was known for having the biggest. Where are you biggest, going with uh, this, dude? Is that <laughs> biggest chest and lats for his size, right? Let me take a find. Oh, like oh, a, okay, just a truck built like like kind of Arnoldish with the big old hangover, you know? Yeah, uh, packs. Uh huh. Yes. Oh, having a hard time yeah. finding. Uh, he was major. Huh? He was like, yeah, have a hard time. I think he's. I think probably won't by Anthony. You know, he's another Paisan. You know, he's another. Uh, you got a few of those running around the uh, the weightlifting community. You got, uh, I mean, Lou Ferrigno, for Christ's sakes. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, so, you know. then you had uh, Franco Colombo. He was Sicilian. He's a, another Sicilian scallion, right? Franco Colombo, right. Arnold's best friend. He died. Terrible how he died. He was uh, uh, swimming. You know, and, and he died. So you find this. Yeah, well, you know, bodybuilders, they don't have a lot of fat. So some of my buddies that were on the bigger side, they, they wouldn't swim because they couldn't float. Yeah. yeah. They stay so lean. Yeah. What was your uh, what was your body fat percentage at your peak? I mean, I got it to like nine between eight and ten percent, depending on the on what I had for, for lunch that day. Well, for you, but that's I, pretty. I, like I, your build is is that's really good for you. Yeah, yeah. Considering I'm like a a, a big stocky kind of guy, um, and that was I was like not eight between eight and ten. I'm clocking at two thirty five. You know, um, I can't find Tony. I, I hope he's okay. I hope this guy. Anyway, Anthony Diglio, right? He was on all the Muscle magazines. If you guys remember, it was uh. Uh, I think it was it was uh, muscular development. You got all these uh, uh, you know underground mags, which was a, 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 a you know a big thing back then. And he's the first one that told me about G for P. I was like, what the hell is G for P? He's like, gay for pay. I'm like what? He goes, yeah. He goes, all the pros. He's like, dude, all these pros at the top, they do G for P, where they go to some rich old some rich old dude's house. They'll strip naked, and the rich old dude will just like whack off in front of them, or something like that, right? Or get off on the fact that you got this muscular dude in the bedroom with him. 
and uh, they get paid that way, and that's how they support their their steroid habit. These guys, some of these guys are spending, you know, twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars a year on gear, on you know, on steroids and growth hormone, and and you know all these things, and it gets very expensive. Plus the you know all the all the all the uh, boiled chicken and grilled chicken and broccoli that they're pounding that all adds. Oh, the, up, yeah, right? the amount of food you have to eat seven times yeah, a day. You have it's to eat. ridiculous. Yeah, right. It's so, crazy. So, so he was telling me that's how these guys would 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 afford it. And back then, there was no social media. There was really no sponsorship. You you know, you won the Mister Olympia. You got a hundred thousand dollars. It really wasn't much. You know, after that hundred thousand or two hundred thousand dollars, you'd get if you got some sponsorship deals. Yeah, you got another more. Maybe you're you know clocking out two or three hundred thousand if you're on the top end, tip top, tippy top of the of of the pyramid. Then you still got to pay your trainer. You got to pay your fees, and then you know thirty to sixty thousand dollars for drugs. It's insane, bro. It, it's absolutely insane. So yeah, the the people they're willing to go up on stage to not make any money. It's it's yeah. a it's all about I don't know. It's it's an ego thing. Well, I find to be honest, so the Cowboys. I was training. This is like uh, I was early college. I was training for for my uh my first bodybuilding show. And when I was I used to attend. You know, everybody back in New York, we were we would go to Long Island for the powerlifting meets, call an Iron Island and stuff like that. And then I realized, like, when we were going to our first natural shows, and I'm like, something's wrong here. So I'm at a bodybuilding show, right? I'm, 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 I'm in the audience, and all the dudes are up there flexing. And then all you hear are the screams in the audience, yeah, yeah, flex your glutes, yeah. <laughs> They're all screaming. I look in the audience. I'm like, holy shit, something's wrong here. <laughs> yeah, guys are oiled up in teeny tiny trunks flexing. And all the screaming and shouting is coming from other men in the audience. That's and, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, it's, "I think I'm in the wrong. I think I'm doing something wrong here." <laughs> it's it, there is, I mean, there's just a little bit of of that going on. It's a little, <laughs> little weird. It's dude. weird. I, I could never. I'm not saying it's, it's part yeah, of why. I'm I, just saying it's just weird. It's way I didn't compete. It's just like that's a lot. So I was working out. You weren't, you know, like with guys that competed. Um, actually, the the coach I had, eighty percent of his clients were female bikini models, like the bikini compete competitors. So that that was kind of nice. Um, but you know, in the end, though, I didn't, I didn't want to do all the drugs. You didn't become a, you didn't you didn't become a, a bikini model. No, no bikini model for me. No, oh, okay. no. Um, yeah, this is all the drugs and all the money and th- that you spend, you don't get anything back. Like anyway, it's, it's, it's an odd sport. And, and like you said, that the tip top guys, I mean, they, some of those guys make a lot of money if they're able to leverage their own business. Right. So they'll, oh, yeah. they'll have their own side deal. They'll work with a supplement company and they'll get endorsements. Like you can make, I knew a dude that made a lot of money that way. But, uh, anyway, that's, you know, it doesn't last. And the amount of drugs he was doing, because I was friends with his girlfriend, and she would be giving him the drugs. Like, oh my god, it, it that guy is gonna be dead by the time he's like forty. <laughs> Dude, most of them are just dropping dead to begin with. It's like you know, it, my my whole point is like, it's like you're cutting your longevity in half. You're destroying your endocrine system. You'll never get the full functioning of your testes back. And you know, sitting there, just you know, you're you're jacked and you're huge, but your nuts are all shriveled up. Hey, wonderful. Great. Again, it's a mental disorder. It's a, yeah. I talked to a couple guys and they're just like, I'm going to be on this shit till the day I die. 
And one guy's like, yeah, my nuts are the size of peanuts. I don't care. Like, they don't care. Yeah, I, I know. Blast like, and cruise. That's it. Blast and cruise. Blast exactly. And cruise. That's it. Yeah, that's you not. Know, hit, you know, no hit bueno. And just, no bueno. And there's no, like, yeah. the, and the hope is that if they go into, like, post-cycle therapy, that at some point the testosterone levels will start being produced again. And they can't be. And they're on TRT for the rest of their life. It's just like, dude, that's no way to live, man. No, I, I know somebody that lives that way. He's now in his 60s, like early 60s, and that's what you just said. Yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, if you're going to go to the dark side in the weightlifting room, just understand that you could, you know, really damage your body. Yeah, you could. Yep. You could, and and you might do you gay for pay, so just be careful. It gets very Well, addictive. yeah, that's <laughs> – I can't believe – I can't understand. I didn't want to go there. I just, that's so right. far beyond the pale. Um. <laughs> But like, come on, man, get a job. Lucky go, go, like coming. Go wait tables. <laughs> Greeny said it best: the whole Arnold Schwarzenegger coming thing. That's yeah. great. Let me. Just, I gotta play that. It's one of my favorite lines. Yeah, it's just everywhere it's I go. I'm coming. It's like lines. I'm on stage and I'm coming and I'm back and I'm going to put in my clothes and I'm coming. Like I have to, I have to play it. I have to play the clip. Um, this is great. So this is when Arnold was still. Favorite. I have it. I have it. This is when Arnold yeah, was like okay. still, you know, he, he was the oak. He was still like, oh, amazing. It was like uh, early 80s, late 70s. Yeah. Yeah, 77. Yeah. Yes, pumping. Look at my, I mean, my huge boobs. <laughs> i got the big pectoral muscles. I feel great. The greatest feeling you can get in a gym or the most satisfying feeling you can get in a gym is the pump. Mm, the pump. Let's say you train your biceps. Blood is rushing into your muscles, and that's what we call the pump. Your muscles get a really tight feeling, like your skin is going to explode any minute. You know, It's really tight. It's like somebody blowing air into, into your muscle. It just blows up, and it feels different. It feels fantastic. I do like the music they chose, it's though. It's as me as uh, coming is, you know, as uh, having sex with a woman and coming. Wait, that's not the full clip. Wait, it's, it's over here. Here. This is better. Here. Yeah. It's... Into your most tight feeling. Sex with a woman and Everything. Oh, here we go. You, you were just right it's there. It's as to me as uh, I am in heaven. Oh, there it is. I'm like uh, getting the feeling of coming in the gym. I'm getting the feeling of coming at home. I'm getting the feeling of coming <laughs> backstage when I pump up. When I pose out in front of 5,000 people, I get the same feeling. So I'm coming day and night. I mean, it's terrific, <laughs> right? <laughs> Arnold, dude. <laughs> Freaking Arnold. Uh, <laughs> Everywhere I'm going, coming. I'm visiting my grandmother and I'm coming. <laughs> Everywhere I'm doing, I'm, I'm coming in the gym. I, I I was running for governor of California. I was coming. <laughs> I was with my maid in the bedroom and I was coming. Oh, wait. Yeah. That <laughs> That's how I give birth to Joseph. Joseph's my son. <laughs> All right. We spent 30 All years right. being junior high school kids here. So let's get let's into see. it, bro. Rate predictions. What's going on with the Fed rates? What do you got? Uh, well, I mean, this kind of comes down to a lot Don't of stuff we down. have Don't been talking about. <laughs> it, it really comes down. To... It really comes down. It's coming. 
Well, the first the, thing the, that we twelve year old we got to pick. It's okay. it, it's out of control. It's out of control. Let me, let me share this. Uh, we have a couple of clips now. The one of the things we have to understand about like our leadership, a lot of it comes down to how they're raised. So you got to be raised to do whatever you can to win. But when you're a Biden, that even doesn't work. So I got a video of Hunter Biden as a child bowling the way his his dad taught him to bowl. Oh, dude, this is priceless. Okay. Yeah, I got it. So here here it comes. Ready? Yep. She's do whatever you come on, man. Do what you got to do to win. Little Hunter says, okay. And he still loses. <laughs> that is a Biden if I ever seen one. All right, here he goes. Oh brilliant. <laughs> so that's class yeah, that's a loser. Love so, it. But and we do have one more clip of the uh the latest in the land vehicles in the Ukrainian army and the way they transport oh. them. I figured wow. I'd show some live footage. Yeah, I heard about this. This, this is the, the, the new improvised Leopard tank from Germany that they've given them. That's the this very one. Leopard 3. Yeah. yeah, not the Leopard 2 leopard because they can't, have, they can't afford to make any more Leopard 2s or service them. So this is the they're sending them right now the Leopard 3. Go ahead. Play the, play the clip of the Leopard 3. And they have a, the high-tech loading platform. Yes. Oh, very there good. There it goes. That's right, and that was a that was like a CIA vehicle, that yep. that uh, suburban passing by at the end. Yep. That yep. was their support. The the, uh, the intelligence agency who's not there. There it is. Oh, just All brilliant. Right. Not a not a whole lot of uh, bloopers today. I mean, I could have put more on, but we have enough to talk about. Um, Market wise, I think what we want to pay attention to has to do with. The de-dollarization, the fact that the market is broken. Um, so I guess we we could call this show how to profit in a broken market. Yes. Um, you know, because the whole idea here is to find opportunities. And, you know, my whole surfing thing comes to mind. Like you don't surf waves that don't exist. You know, you're not waiting for that perfect wave. You just get a wave that's workable and you surf that, right? So right now things are backwards. You got a couple of things that are moving in tandem that should be inverse. One of them has to do with the Japanese yen and moving in, in uh, the same direction as uh, stocks. But we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, The first thing is that we got a preview of what's probably going to happen here as the world de-dollarizes. Now, a lot of people think, Oh, that, you know, Japan and China both have like a trillion dollars and, you know, in a U.S. debt, and they're going to offload. Well, they'll probably do it not all at once. I mean, we they'll definitely do it not all at once, but I don't know that they're necessarily going to just do it really quickly either. Um, there's too many elites around the world, including in China, who would lose too much money in, in that kind of an upset. So it's probably going to be something relatively orderly until it's not. And what I mean by that is if there ever was a mass unload, it's because things are falling apart so badly that it's just, you know, it's a fire sale. Nothing matters. And the elites, if the elites can make more money offloading it at once, they will. As of now, the system is still relatively intact and they're probably not going to do that because an orderly burn makes more sense. That's why you keep hearing about soft landing. 
Um, whether or not we actually have that's another story. But the key here is that we saw two things happen at once. We saw China cut treasury holdings, and that happened in November. So they're basically you know selling U.S. treasuries onto the market as the world piled into U.S. stocks. And those two things I don't think are simply purely coincidental. Um, you know, one of the things that we talk about on the show, and and V, I might rely on you to to expand on this, but as U.S. debt is unloaded and comes back to U.S. shores, we're probably going to see that being pushed into the markets, which is why you're going to see the markets go up. Um, do you want to kind of expand on that for everybody and explain why that is? Yeah, they got to hide the. Inf- they have to hide the fact that number one. The dollar, though it is still widely utilized, it is rapidly it is it's utilized with with a, a great deal of apprehension. People understand countries around the world understand that there's a great deal of 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 of, of uh, what's the word I'm looking for liabilities, right? There's a great deal of risk in dealing oh, with the dollar. Risk. Yeah, not like third party because the United States is a crazy psychopath. The United States is a schizophrenic psycho. And you don't know, like 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 that old uh, Kissinger uh, quote, right? It's a it's a dangerous thing to be an enemy of the United States. It's a deadly thing to become an ally of the United States, because the United States is a country that that cannot keep any treaties. We cannot make any agreements that we keep. We are bastards. We are known to stab everyone in the back. We are liars and charlatans, and we are fakers. We're the biggest fakers on God's green earth. That's what we are. That's the God honest truth. Prove me wrong. Now, they got to hide all these dump dollars because right now, for the first time in a long time, there is an alternative to the unipolar world. There's an alternative to the dollar hegemon. And when these dollars are being dumped, they are, of course, being uh, scooped up by the, the ESF, the Emergency Stabilization Fund, right? They are being scooped up by them. They are being scooped up by the Fed. Right, they are being scooped up by various other institutions, and they're sticking them in various bulk holes throughout the world. One of the biggest clearinghouses that I've brought to popularity back in 2016 or 17 was, uh, in fact, even before that, was a clear was a, a, a Euroclear, and Euroclear is, is operates. They're basically running bond facilities and treasury facilities in 96 different countries, and they're involved in basically a. They're part of the euro dollar system. Dollars that are held outside of the system. That's number one. Number two, here's the deal. They are also going to be, a lot of the institutions are clipping up these dollars and they're pumping it back into the Dow, which is also going to be another reason why we're heading for a 40,000 point Dow. And why they're going to do that? Because they're running out of steam, number one. Number two, they are facing the reality that the gold and silver prices that they have been putting a cap on, that they've been trying to control to the best of their ability, if they're losing control of it. And the way you counter, you know, $3,000, $4,000, $5,000 an ounce gold is with a 40000 point down. You got to make sure that your market is outperforming everything in spite of reality. The, the Dow, the U.S. economy, the, these fake artificial metrics are on a trajectory that makes no sense, Cowboy. Well, you know, it's interesting you should talk about how they have to uh, force the Dow, right? Yeah. Um, and the Dow and the S&P and all that. <clears throat> so I have a – I mentioned it on the show because 
the only social interaction <laughs> that I have outside of our friends and, you know, this group and all that, uh, some buddies from high school and, uh, we all went to bachelor parties. So we have still have a chat going on. And one of the guys, he's, uh, he's a leftist that's willing to have a conversation, which is kind of rare. So we, we do have fun. And, you know, we were talking about uh, Google and he's like, they're laying off these people. And well, look, it's not a big deal. They laid off 10,000. Google's got like 220,000 employees. It's kind of a regular contraction and downsizing that happens when markets contract. But, you know, he's like, Oh, it's, you know, capitalism. And, and I said, well, I kind of said, look, the, the, the powers that shouldn't be, I don't want to give them the uh, the credibility to call them the powers that be because they're the powers that shouldn't be. What they do is they they will kind of use the population to create wealth, but then once the population has kind of outlived its usefulness, they will extract that wealth. Yeah, and they want to push everybody towards feudalism, and that's kind of what we've been seeing for a time. And you know, he kind of talked about that, like sort of you know how I mean he, he seems to think that the people who want to do this are capitalists. Right. And I'm like, well, here's the thing, you know, it's always kind of been this way. Right. So, you know, we have times when the rest of us are able to have like a slightly bigger share of the wealth. And these times have arisen through a decentralization of power that occurred as people like discovered or conquered new areas and they created new sovereign countries and new markets. So, you know, I was careful. I'm like, hey, I'm not defending the evisceration of native people here, you know, native, uh, you know, like Native Americans, but I am addressing his question. I said the new sovereign country, United States, created new laws that allowed these settlers to create and keep their wealth outside the purview of the prior colonial masters. And as the old masters slowly bribed the politicians to pervert our constitution, which actually ramped it up pretty heavily in 1913 via the Income Tax Act, which was never ratified by the states, by the way, and the Federal Reserve Act, those freedoms have slowly been taken away. However, we as Americans were allowed to prosper greatly financially, and that distracted us from the fact during that whole time that our rights and freedoms were slowly being removed. And those rights and freedoms being removed, while we were paying attention to whatever football team we wanted to win, that laid the groundwork for you know the feudalism that we're kind of talking about and even complaining about. Well, now they actually have us under a certain level of control via technology. They're going to continue to drain us of our capital and strip our freedoms while simultaneously stripping us of any identity through which, uh, you know, things such as critical theory, you know, those type of things to strip us of our identities, Americans, make us ashamed of, you know, American, whatever American pride, let's say. And that lack of identity kind of takes away any pride in culture while the lack of money and freedom scares the common man from standing up. And then, you know, I kind of ended the whole thing by saying, you know, those of us who recognize this are called conspiracy theorists, except we continue to be right over and over while everybody else stays asleep and is in denial. So we're, we're towards the end of this wash, rinse and repeat cycle, right? Mm. The the common person is given a period of time when they can kind of, you know, have a little freedom, make a little money, merchant class is allowed to expand. And then things like Bolshevik Russia happen or communist China, where uh, that gets clamped down on. Now, it didn't happen to us here in the United States because we are armed. um, So their government hasn't been able to do that. But let's face it. I mean, how much longer are my guns going to keep us safe when in another 50 years, they'll have drones that can just enter your house through like a crack in the, you know, (laughs) in anything, anytime you open your door and they'll just, you know, be able to kill whoever they want. So it's a matter of time in their mind. It's a matter of time before they can completely subjugate everybody. Um, And I don't mean to get too dark and black pilled, but the point here 
is that the de-dollarization is a symptom of the end of that cycle. We were allowed to blow this massive everything bubble. And I think we're coming towards the end of it. And as that happens, there will be opportunities to make quite a lot of money. And the question is, which side of that trade do you want to be on? That's the main question. We do have some, you know, some ideas here as far as how to handle that. But this money coming back to our shores is going to crush the market upward as an end yes. to that cycle that we just discussed. And I'm going to drop and a little hint for all of you guys, and I'm not going to give away the farm here, and this is important. Cowboy and I have been working together for years at this point, and we are, we are coming up with a, a, an incredible opportunity for the average person to take advantage of what is to come because cowboy and i have been detailing this from 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 jump street the biggest pump is coming and the biggest transfer of wealth is coming so we're going to be offering something to all of you to empower you to make and to take advantage of that and that's all safe for now and as we get closer to the the the, the completion of this project we'll reveal it and you guys i think you guys are going to be blown away i think you know it was originally you know the cowboy came up uh to me with this idea i'm like dude let's just take this and let's run with it and it's it's going to be something special folks but go ahead cowboy oh the, the value that's being given here it's uh, we're practically giving it away yeah we are that's it's, it's almost it's basically i mean for all we're going to teach purposes. you how to fish we're going to teach yeah. you how to fish that's all we for basically that. no money i mean very little money it's be great for nothing basically. um and the, the the time to lay the groundwork, in my opinion, is, well, yesterday, but now, um, because there's going to be a lot of volatility. And if you're actually somebody like myself who trades, volatility is good. And I expect there to be quite a bit of volatility um, for oh, a few years. You know, volatility up, volatility down. There's probably not going to be a whole lot of time where markets are frothy, you know, for two years and everybody thinks they're living high on the hog. I think you're going to see a, a run up to 40. Maybe it hangs out for a bit on the, you know, 40 in the Dow and who knows what on the S and P anyway, it's, you know, there are opportunities got to take them um, on to the next story. And this is related, right? So we're talking about de-dollarization. We're talking about China dumping treasuries. The next era area of that. And actually uh, John Michael Karma mentioned this earlier. Um, basically the middle East, the Saudis in particular, but, you know, which means that they kind of lead, you know, they kind of lead OPEC more or less. Um, and they're going, they, they, this is not big news, but it's becoming a lot more official, if you will, that they're simply willing to take other currencies besides dollars for their oil. We've talked about the petrodollar enough. So the petrodollar is an arrangement that was made in the 1970s to keep the dollar floating after it was taken off of the gold standard. And, you know, it was all kind of a panic move. And uh, long story short, if you force other countries to buy, um, you know, whatever their commodities are or sell them in dollars, creates artificial demand for the dollar. So the dollar stays up. Well, Saudi Arabia being probably the most important component in that arrangement is saying openly, um, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and just quote. This is from uh, the Zero Hedge article. Um, this is actually out of Bloomberg. Saudi Arabia is open to discussions about trading currencies other than, other than the U.S. dollar, according to the kingdom's finance minister. Mm. Quote, there are no issues with discussing how we settle our trade arrangements, whether it is in the U.S. dollar, whether it is the euro, whether it is the Saudi real. Mohammed Al-Jadan told Bloomberg TV on Tuesday in an interview in Davos. So, you know, do you think about it? 
major network davos this is the announcement so this has become very real we've known it but this is very very uh poignant that is being put on the main stage like that so not only are we seeing countries ditching their treasuries which is going to push dollars onto our shore now we're seeing what is going to be a drop in demand for those dollars so as those dollars reach our shore they're also going to be less useful so no one else is going to buy them meaning they're going to stay on our shores uh so that's just a compound that's a one-two punch right there um now going towards the uh i'm gonna actually go to a graphic here Mm -hmm. um the what we're looking at here is the expected policy rate and hike uh, hikes and cuts so the bars above are in the past or are in the uh let me see here i'm sorry they're coming right so there's the current rate at the fed funds rate at about 4.33 and they're calling that kind of like zero from this point forward and they're mapping this all the way out to december so they're expecting uh, some hikes all the way up to just before, just below five. Now, mind you, this is the market talking. This is not what the Fed says. This is what the market is pricing in, right? There's a difference there. Um, so we're expecting a, some lower kind of hikes, like small hikes, if any, going all the way through, say, June. And now they're expecting cuts. And they're expecting that by the end of this year, we're going to have a lower Fed funds rate than we do right now. Um, I would even, I mean, it really depends on a lot of things. Um, you know, this is if market conditions remain stable, this is like, if we don't all of a sudden end up in world war three, or there's a black swan of any kind that completely shocks the markets. So there's always room for that. Um, you know, I get the feeling that there may be a black swan of some kind, whether it be engineered or not. And that might actually cause the fed to have to have an excuse to uh, loosen up on their monetary policy and even on their fiscal policy, which uh, fiscal policy loosening means uh, an end of quantitative tightening, which yeah. they've barely been doing anyway. Um, I mean, V, I know you talk about this a lot. I know we have made our, we, we've kind of made our thoughts clear. I think what this, I think this might be conservative as far as cuts concerned. I think we might actually see a cessation of hikes and cuts sooner, but what do you think? Yeah, I think it is. I think the dead ringer is, uh, I think, one of the analysts from J.P. Morgan, uh, Bank of America, and also Deutsche Bank. They're like, yeah, we're, we're expecting uh, the Fed to start uh, the rate cuts coming in spring. Just as we predicted it would happen back in June, July, and August, it, it's happening. So uh, they have to. They have to cut the bloody rate. They have to give the impression because this this is a country when you have a, a a fake country like the fake country we live in and i'm talking about our economy and our military strength and all this other nonsense that go along with the propaganda the bullshit right yeah you it's all about narrative it's not about physical realities anymore it's all about narrative the narrative is the most important thing so you know it's about controlling the narrative and and and, and giving the impression that we're healthy giving the impression that we're booming right so we're going to see a fed's rate cut which will again it will. It's. It's going. The market's going to start kicking up. I think in, co- in correlation with the Fed rate cut that's going to be coming in the springtime. Uh, I expect the market to start moving past thirty-five uh, thousand, probably getting to thirty-six thousand. Uh, I expect the dollar to strengthen. Okay. I have. But, I have a word strength, of caution. Yeah. I got yeah. a word of caution on that. Um, yeah. 
so what are your opinions on somebody who says it's going to be different this time? Uh, what do you mean? Like in the market. Oh, this time it's different. It's kind of famous last words, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 that's like the famous last words of before every failure. Because what you're saying, I totally agree with. The rate cuts should cause the markets to go up, but I, I, it's a lagging effect. So before you get mm -hmm. too far into what you're saying, I wanted to add a word of caution that there may the rate cut should push markets up, but there it's a lagging effect. So I, I didn't mean to derail you, but I wanted no, to no, be no. Real you're, you're right. I was just about to 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 speak on the parasitic effect that that's going to do, especially in all types of other markets, the actual physical economy. Um, there's only so much financial engineering they could do before the wheels comes off this thing. But it's all about giving the initial impressions. And then the initial impressions still does not improve money velocity. It does not, uh, you know, it does not fix the, 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 the solvency crisis that we're in. And we're potentially also going to see a, bur a, 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 a burgeoning credit crisis as well. Damn, there it is on the chart. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, okay. so this I, I brought this up because historically a Fed pivot – okay, so the red line that we're looking at, this is yeah. there's a lot of noise on this chart. So let me explain it a little bit. The red line is the market. It's the uh, – I think it's the S&P. Yeah, S&P 500, right? Yep. So – a Fed pivot, you have a Fed pivot, market goes up, right? Fed pivot, market goes up. Yep. Fed pivot, market goes up. But what a lot of people don't realize is before the market goes up, so this Fed pivot happened and there's actually a contraction of the S&P and quite a substantial one. And then it goes up. And you have a Fed pivot that happened in the late 80s and there actually was a, a, a small contraction, right? So they're kind of the recession hits, savings and loan crisis, and then it goes up. And then you have the dot-com crash where there was a Fed pivot right here, um, right about just at the end after 2000. And for almost two years, the market actually contracted for quite a period of time. And then it went up, but it, it didn't actually break the uh, pre-dot-com bubble crash. Now, the dot-com bubble didn't have anything to do with dot-com. Dot-com was just the vaporware of the time. It actually had to do with a long-term capital management company blowing up. And when they blew up, that was a massive kind of issue with pensions. And so the government actually had to cut the rates down to like nearly zero. And then that's what, you know, uh, down back here. And that's when um, the uh, LTCM right here, see that right there, L LTCM, long-term capital management. So yeah. they cut the rates down really low. And that also caused part of the boom. Long story short, every Fed pivot is, pers is uh, succeeded by a pretty substantial retracement, erasing oftentimes all the gains made in the prior run. So when you hear Fed pivot, the reality is, and, and V the grill is, is correct, there will be a market run up after that. But right at the time of the pivot, when the Fed funds rate starts to drop, you'll actually see a pretty strong contraction in the market. And that I think when they do that, and it, I don't know, what did you say? Maybe in the spring, late spring, you think this is going to happen? Yeah. So if that happens, and if history is any indicator of what's going to happen when the Fed pivots, then the contraction should happen at that time. And that's when I think we're going to see the market bottom. Yeah. Yep. So that's the that's the cautionary tale because everybody is conditioned. Low rates means market goes up. Mm -hmm. 
I know so many people who like they're playing Tesla or whatever it is, and they just keep buying the dip and they bought the dip all the way from, you know, whatever it was, 400 all the way down to, <laughs> you know, and they just keep buying the dip <laughs> in particular, my, my normie buddies. Yeah. And they keep buying the dip and, and now their whole, it's going down to 60 bucks. I'm buying the dip. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you bought it at 40. I mean, you bought it at 400. Now you're buying it at 60. <laughs> yeah. You keep buying the loss. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. they're Well, what they're doing is they're allowing, um, the, and we talked about this in the last show. So 401ks basically pump a lot of retail, oh, yeah. you know, Joe blow money into the market. Mm-hmm. And that's a consistent uptrend that allows the institutionals to exit. It, it, it will froth up the price for institutional uh, players. And then uh, once that happens, the institutional players will exit based on the buying pressure from Joe blow and Joe blow who like a Pavlovian dog has been conditioned to buy all the dips because for 12 years we've had easy conditions and we've had, you know, number go up. That's their entire market thesis is quote unquote number go up. Well, think about that. Now that they've been conditioned, they're just going to go ahead and allow the big boys to exit with their buying pressure. So, um, and this is a fun meme if it comes up big enough. My, I don't know if you can see it. Me buying what I think is the dip, the dip, and then behind the dip, the, dip, <laughs> the real. And then behind dip. her is the dip. Yep. And then on the on the in the back of the church with a sniper rifle is the real dip. The real dip, <laughs> exactly. And uh, you perfect, know what? My perfect my game. thesis based on Fed pivoting is we're going to see the real the short term real dip. Because there's, I think there's a, a bigger dip coming after that. But the short-term real dip this year, I think, is going to be around the time of the Fed pivot. And I think it's going to last for months. Oh, yeah. If not longer. I mean, it's so it's so hard to know what's going to happen. But if, in fact, we do see the markets kind of start to recover, I think it'll be towards the end of the year or the beginning of 2024. In the meantime, if you are somebody who knows, like, let's just say I, I like to trade Forex. Uh, Forex, I use US regulated, you know, exchanges, I do all that stuff. Um, you know, and you can short that. So it doesn't matter what direction price is headed, as long as there is a direction, there's money to be made. Yep. Um, so, you know, that's, that's just something to understand as we begin to kind of roll out some ideas for how people can learn how to fish and make their own money. Um, so that's the rate talk. Um, here's another thing, two things that are moving in tandem that are not supposed to. So in the Forex world, the Japanese yen becomes strong when the stock market becomes weak. That's how it's almost always been. Mm-hmm. And this time it actually seems to be a bit different, at least in the short term, because the, here's the headline us stocks declined after weak data and hawkish fed rhetoric thwarted the BOJ rally. Right. Yeah. So Bank of Japan, uh, the, the Japanese yen was rallying. Um, they were talking about how they were going to have uh, some changes in their yield con- uh, control, and it really did send markets into a tizzy, um, and the yen started to get really strong. Well, now you have the yen actually getting weaker and stocks going down at the same time, and that's not what happens. That's the that's the opposite of normal. So normal is when when equities start to decline for the last several years, the larger traders will take their money out and they'll actually take their dollars that they made or whatever currency they're using and they'll put it in the Japanese yen because the yen is a stable currency. It's a great hedge against equities if you're playing in the macro. 
There's a lot of liquidity. Um, there's so much yen out there. So that's now you have the opposite of that happening, right? So it, it's yet another sign that things are broken. And a third sign here is look how deep this break is into the uh, yield curve inversion. So we right. talked about yield curve inversion, right? And it's when the two-year and the 10-year usually are the two uh, you know, US bond yields that they look at. And normally the, uh, gosh, man, I'm not a bond person, but if, if I'm correct here, the 10-year is a bit safer than the two-year. So it generally has a higher yield. And then when it has a lower yield, that's an inversion. Now I might actually have that backwards. Forgive me. I didn't, you know, I'm not a bond expert by any means. Um, I just kind of have an idea. I'd have to look up the, uh, that relationship, but either way, when the two yields are normal, the economy tends to be okay. Um, or at least functioning normally, but there are these short times when that yield inversion happens, when the relationship between those two bond yields, when one bond that is normally seen as safer than the other is, uh, is a problem and it flips and one yield becomes more expensive than the other when the opposite is the case. And that happened in the early 2000s. And right after that was a massive recession as the uh, yield curve corrected. And then or as the inversion corrected, and then you had another one at uh, about 2006. And then that actually was succeeded by the 2008 great financial crisis. Now this metric, uh, I'm not sure what a hundred is right now. Again, this is not my, it's probably basis points, um, but we're so deep into our yield curve inversion. We, I don't think we've ever seen this kind of territory or at least not for several decades, according to this chart. So the yield, curve inversion that's that is a harbinger of a coming recession is so deep so incredibly deep i mean that is a very big concern now can the fed wave its magic wand are things different now everything is so hard to predict because the financial landscape is changing the role of the us dollar in the world is changing so am i saying that we're absolutely going to have the worst recession ever no i'm not i don't make those kind of predictions um, but this is a disturbing indicator to see how deep that yield curve inversion is. So, um, you know, if there is some kind of a massive correction, it could be very steep and very massive just based on, on this kinetic energy being built up. So, um, so that's, you know, that's kind of a macro picture based on some metrics that really probably bore a lot of people. Um, you know, V before I continue, because I, you know, we're almost to the end of the show. Um, what do you think about this picture I'm painting? I mean, do you, am I being too dire or am I? Am no, I this, it, 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 this is going to cause, okay. And, and look, I think we're heading into a trajectory where nothing is going to start. You know, there's a lot of things that are not going to make sense, right? This yield curve, just absolutely nose diving is a huge indicator. And how the question will become, how will the financial engineers, uh, you know, you know, jigger the markets in a way that that will somehow you know lend some sort of oh everything's fine some sort of credibility to oh you know the markets are strong uh you know this is just a, an anomaly it's going to be interesting it's going to be really interesting and with it but it will create more volatility it will create more chaos and that also means for all of us more opportunities if you know where to look if you know how to set up. And I think, I mean, Cowboy, you and I have said this for a while. Hey, 2023, 2024, it's going to be a hell of a time to make some money in the markets. I'm telling you right now. It's going to be a hell of a time. Yeah. 
It is for us yep. because we have a, a different view of markets. We have different tools. Um, you know, your average normie out there, they might lose their house while we yeah. are buying several several houses. Exactly. And, and, and the, you know, the, the wealth, you know, you could be dogmatic and be like, oh, it's just fake. It's all the fake market and the fake bubble. bubble. I'm not going to participate in this whole entire thing. And people like that have no additional streams of income. It is a smart thing for you to have some sort of additional stream of income, whether that income is generating a few hundred dollars a day for you or, you know, I mean, if you got something that's making 100, 200 bucks a day at the end of 30 days, that's a lot of money. That's a that's a nice chunk of money. It could start repl- it could start making a positive impact to your bottom line where at the end of the month, you can take some of that and put it into actual real hard assets or you can put it away for the rainy day or the storm that is to come because we are entering the storm. That is where we're headed. 2023 is going to to be a lot more volatility than we had in 2022. And we're going to be in crazy town by 2024. So it's best that you have something set up for yourself where you're clipping a hundred bucks here, 200 bucks there, $300 here daily makes a difference at the end of the week, makes a difference at the end of the month makes a difference at the end of the year. And that's what people need to do. Whatever stream of income you create for yourself, start thinking about these options. Start thinking about these realities. I mean, you got people that are going into Dollar General, buying things for a dollar and this, that, and the other, and reselling it on Amazon for triple the price, and people are buying it. You know, it, it's... I, I was talking about uh, this guy, you know, this guy that I know who runs a major auto customization business in Southern California. And uh, he's like, he and, and, you know, he's a market guy. He's a contrarian. He's like, man, it's crazy. It's like people are just buying stuff right now. They're just buying, you know, credit. Everybody's buying on credit. Everybody's doing this because people don't know what to do. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty and down and some people are just blowing money left and right. So this isn't an opportunity, folks. Look at it. Look, when you look at these charts, you see chaos, chaos and opportunity is the same thing. Same thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, actually, one of my kind of Forex uh, groups, I don't get I don't do the social media thing with Forex. Like, you know, I'll look at this guy's chart. Like I rely on my own metrics for trading anything. Um, but I did run across this and this is what this guy is going to do now. If anybody knows what a proprietary fund is, a prop fund, a prop desk. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically what you do is you, there are a few different kinds of prop desks. You know, if you have like a finance degree, then that's one kind. But if you're somebody who just teaches themselves how to trade, what you can do is you'll spend a little bit of money. It could be anywhere from a hundred to a, a few hundred dollars, uh, you know, depending on how quickly you want to grow and how big of an account you want to start with. And a company will watch you trade. They'll pay attention to the way you trade. And if you can meet some pretty basic metrics, they will give you a bigger account and you get to keep like 75, 80% of the profit that you make. So, you know, I mean, the way it goes is usually if you start to lose money, they'll go ahead and cut you off or, you know, the money that you put in is gone now. Um, so there's this, (laughs) this is great. I'm going to put this up on the screen. Um, so let me see if I can zoom this. Ah, shoot. I don't know if I can zoom it. Ah, yeah, it's zoomed. Cool. So this guy or gal, whatever it is, is going to start with like, it, it doesn't cost much to get a 5k account. I mean, like you can get a 5k prop fund account easily at under hundred bucks easy Yeah, and then make 10%. Explain to the lay person what a 5k account is, man. 
Uh, sorry. So a 5K account is where somebody goes ahead and gives you access to 5,000 of their dollars to trade. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then you keep 75 to 85% of the profit, depending on what the prop firm, uh, you know, what, what the arrangement is with them. So they spend maybe a hundred bucks. They already know how to trade. They've already developed a trading plan. They already, you know, they're already, they know they're profitable already. So they're not just like willy nilly, Hey, I'm going to go try this out because that doesn't work. Um, so they'll go ahead, they'll spend, they'll basically leverage maybe 80 bucks get a very small account for $5,000, some, you know, proprietary firms, maybe a little bit more, maybe a couple hundred, whatever it is. And then they'll make 10%, which is going to end up being 500, which they'll keep 400 of it. And they'll use that 400 to purchase a 50 K account. And then they'll make 10%, which is going to be 5,000, which they'll probably keep anywhere from 35 to 4,000, 3,500 to 4,000. And they'll use that amount to buy a hundred thousand dollar account. And they'll keep wash, rinse, and repeat. And then up to the top, kind of FTMO is one of the bigger, um, one of the bigger prop funds out there. And if you have, you know, say 20 or 30K, whatever it is, and you're profitable, well, you can, you have access to a seven figure account. So, you know, there's, I mean, there's so many ways where if you have a skill, and in particular, this skill is trading. So you have to really understand what you're doing. You have to build a plan. It's a science. It actually, for most people, it takes years. If you, you know, if you have the, if you have the work ethic and I mean, I mean, work ethic, it's like 99% of trading is studying. The rest is clicking buttons. There's like 1%. So if you have the work ethic, you could do it. I mean, within a year, if you have the time. If you're like me and you work 15 hours a day, then you can pull it, probably become profitable in that short of a time, right? Especially if you have a mentor who's willing to kind of give you some, uh, some shortcuts. So, you know, just, this is one place where you can, you know, find a way to make money. Um, you know, if you, if you're all interested in anything like that, of course, you know, I'm on discord and I'm easy to find and, you know, that's uh, go on the discord and talk to me. Um, there might even be uh, something coming out uh, around that in the next, uh, next few weeks we don't know or maybe we do know i don't know you'll know soon enough the fire rises folks thank you all for listening in cowboy this has been awesome and again folks this is another market to mayhem tomorrow we'll be back with velas i think velas are you on tomorrow i'm sure he is all right so velas will be back in tomorrow and we have harley cowboy any last uh, things you want to say no, no, I, I've said it. Fantastic. Yeah. And with that being said, folks, we are over and out. Yes, Velas will be on tomorrow. Fantastic. Cheers, yeah, Todd, Todd, in, Todd in Minnesota, just to allay his suspicions. So, no, this is not a multi-level thing. All right. So what you're doing in that, and that person made that plan. It's not something I'm doing. And it's not something I'm saying anybody should do. But what they're doing is they're approaching prop funds. And then they're securing accounts. They're making profit based on somebody else staking them. And then they're taking that profit to apply to a different proprietary fund to get a larger account. So that's not a multi-level marketing thing. The trick is, is that if you use money to, um, to get your way into a proprietary fund, uh, yeah, if you don't trade very well, you lose that money. So that money that you put in is kind of looked at as what happens if you trade badly they keep that money instead of them losing money. So there's always risk. Yeah, but it's not a multi-level thing. It's not a scam. So that's it. Fantastic. 
And with that being said, folks, this has been another broadcast of Markets and Mayhem with our main dude, Algo Cowboy. With that being said, we're over out. Take it away. CJ's done here. I guess it's me.